As of right now, we are at war. How desperate you call on such lost creatures to defend you? How desperate am I? You threaten my world with war. You steal a force you can't hope to control. You talk about peace and you kill because it's fun. You have made me very you might not be glad that you did. There was an idea to bring together a group of remarkable people to see if they can become something more. Welcome to Fury's Finest, a podcast about a discussion of Marvel Christ Protocol and the Marvel Universe. My name is Jesse Aiken, and I'm back with my co-host Chris Bruffett. How are you doing today, Chris? Jesse, I'm doing so great. We got an actual honest to goodness, hand to the sky game in person. It's nuts. We got to play each other, matter of fact. I was the unlucky one to only get one game in that night, but that's okay. I was I was hosting and my you know, my brain was going nuts anyway, so I was better off wandering around like a chicken with my head cut off for a, for a little while. But then we got a game and it was a really good game. No, absolutely. And I you know, this is no tease or anything. This is actually something we're about to do. We're going to talk about that game on After Dark very soon because we're continuing our series on Chris's Spider-Foe's journey on After Dark, which is very fun. So that game will be covered there. It was it was Spider-Foe's versus Shield, which is actually a really cool matchup. A lot of strengths and weaknesses to both teams. But uh, yeah, Chris, an in-person game. That was something that hasn't happened in my life very much the last like three months. So same. It's funny because it happened. This happened immediately after LVO. It actually fell into place, but it did fall into place. Um, I'm happy for the reps, and I'm happy to play. Yeah, well, yeah it begins. It begins night. the march to next LVO, right? Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to be playing a lot of my primary teams, but more importantly, I'm going to be trying out a lot of teams that are kind of holes in my armor. Teams I just don't yeah. know very well. Teams that I've held off on playing because I haven't had fully painted or whatever it's been. I'm looking at you, Brotherhood. Things like that that are coming up where it's like, I'm going to dive into those teams like I do, learn them even more than I think I know them now, you know, enjoy it, hopefully. And then eventually switch back to my primary teams before sure. set events, right? Sure. You're talking about. So it's a I'm good still- exploration time. I'll try new stuff, play new stuff. It's very exciting. We're getting models in our hands very soon that are. Oh, dude, I can't wait. Have me a static, which we're going to talk about today. A couple of yeah. them. Yeah. And we'll talk about, we'll talk about some rhino action in after dark. That's right. I'm about my, to get rhino. my hands on, on my rhino, my, my printing of the model. Uh, very excited. And, and like Jesse, I am, or well, unlike Jesse, he knows his primary teams. I'm still searching at the Always moment searching. or, or I think maybe I'm just trying to find out who, who I'm going to be spending time with next. Until you go back to X-Force, right? Or something like oh, that. Oh, sure. Sure, sure. Yeah. You know, and and I've spent a good amount of time with Spider-Foes now, and I'll always feel comfortable coming back to them anytime I want to, uh, whether it be that for fun or competitive, and very happy to have had my time with foes. I had a great time. But now it's it's time to play A-Force for a while. There it is. I think Chris hinted it on the last episode, and we definitely talked about it in After Dark a lot. But um, yeah, it seemed you're going to be experimenting with 
you're a team you're going to be experimenting a lot with in the coming future. And yeah, I've got a lot of teams on my short list as well, namely some bad guy teams I've never played ever, ever, ever. So that's kind of fun for me because I'm typically more of a good guy team player. Yes, you are. And then, you know, just who knows what affiliations we're going to get this year. I mean, we know the Hellfire Club is right around the corner and we're going to cover it on this feed. We're going to cover it on this primary feed and on the After Dark a lot. Um, that's kind of our goal of this year is to do what we normally do on the show and then do exactly what we did last year, Chris, where I think we did a good timeline of our year in MCP, whether on TTS, in person, you know, at major events. And we're going to cover all that on the show and uh, we're just going to tell you guys how it's going. So right now for me, it's been returning to Shield, which has been awesome. They are one of my primary homes and I'm ready to start trying Jessica and Shield after she gets painted and get her on the table. But yeah. There's a lot of things that I want to try Jessica in, but uh, Shield's the top. Whether she's Shield or not, time will tell. We'll probably know very shortly uh, when she comes out, and I'm just excited about that. But it's also like, man, it's going to be a crazy year because, I mean, every year we get more affiliations, and the game just widens and widens. So not only the options are endless for you to try, but, of course, your matchups, your knowledge of the game, things like that are all just like always pushed, which I love so much. Um, It's a big deal for me because it keeps it – Exciting, interesting, difficult, all the things. And on top of that, you know, not having a lot of in-person time because life happens, you've got to prioritize which directions you go. So that's kind of something Chris and I are both trying to work on this year a lot, I think. That we're really trying to prioritize our time, make it active, make a goal like, oh, I'm going to play this team for three league or local game nights and I'm going to learn something about it. I'm going to talk about on the pod what I learned, but then I'm going to move on try something else, you know? So we're going to do a lot of that this year. So we hope you guys are into that idea and that ride, you know, and some of that we're going to touch on today, Chris. Today is our Mm. news roundup episode. And I would call it a February news roundup, but it's also multiple months because we did in a a typical Fury's finest fashion, we waited till we had all the tactics cards of these characters before we decide to do their episode. Some of these characters we've talked on the Patreon Discord a lot. Some of these characters Chris has talked on other podcasts about, and uh, I might have talked on other podcasts, you know, some hype levels for these characters. But now we're doing the official episode, the official deep dive into all these characters that have been revealed. We are going to hold off on today on, you know, much to Chris and I's dismay. Chagrin. Absolutely chagrin. We are going to hold off on talking about Emma today, even though Emma is like the top of our list of excitement, wanting to talk. Cause you know, we just don't have her cards yet. We don't have Silas cards yet. We don't have any hellfire club information. We just have Emma's cards. So in our normal fashion of our show, Emma will be on the next news roundup. So make sure and stay tuned for that. So we'll cont- we'll contain our Emma excitement because, you know, certainly I have a lot. She's in my primary team, hopefully. My car is named after her. Right. Yeah. When I'm just, I literally read her card. I'm like, oh, I'm playing her in X-Men and Convocation. So I know I'm, just, I'm in trouble. Like she's got to get painted at a high level because <laughs> she's going to make the table a lot. So, well, you know, I will be playing a mutant affiliation sometime again soon. So I'm going to need her. Uh, She looks like she's going to be very good, but there's also some others. There's there's some others that look like they're going to be very good and we're going to start talking about them. But first, Jesse, we have to get through a little business. That's right. Fury's Finest is supported by Mr-Laser.Square.Site and DiscountGamesInc.com. Visit each for all your Marvel, Crisis, Protocol, and miniature gaming needs. Like I said last episode, 
got to hang out with Mr. Laser in person again. It was awesome. And Mr. Laser is the real deal. And he's a small local game store. So if you don't have a local game store, you should definitely support Mr. Laser or Discount Games Inc. because they are both local game stores. And you know, the cool thing about Mr. Laser is you can get a tray and some extract and secure tokens that go up to six. Yes, they go up to six. They are future proof for objectives like senators, which came out of the blue now that have now six extracts on the table, right? And six secures. And maybe you place an order for his tokens and then you get some MCP products uh, round out your collection on the way. And yeah, as Omni said in the episode recently where he was on our show, Chris, both of these websites, they make your shipping a priority as well. And that means a lot to me because if your local game store doesn't have a model and you, and you order from one of these sites, you want it to get in at a reasonable time. And yeah, man, we've got, they make we've it got game nights. We need it. <laughs> That's right. We got game nights. You know, Rhino needs to be assembled and ready to go, Truth. stuff like that. So we really support these stores and it means a lot to us that you guys check them out. Of course, we cannot do the show without our patrons at patreon.com slash Finest. If you enjoy our show, consider supporting us with a monthly contribution. This also gets you access to our patron discord, but also it gets you more than just access to our community. It opens the door to you participating in our TTS Fury's Secret War League, which we're about to start the next one in the coming weeks. So now would be a good time to jump on. It also gets you more access to our hobby corner that the wonderful Dr. D runs, and also more behind the scenes looks and access to the painting gallery with no name, you know, because you actually get to actively vote, which we're about to do next week on this, you know, very show. It's, you know, we're going to end this current cycle of the pen gallery no name and start a new season so if you're interested in any of that and supporting us along the way definitely check out the patreon this week chris we have a very special patron to shout out it is ron thank you ron thank you so much ron and as always our avenger level producers keeping the lights on our knights in shining armor rusty dylan nathan rich jason and puyon thank you so much thank you avengers team you guys make it happen. All right, Chris, let's get on to our news roundup. So Chris, it's been a minute since we did one of these. Last one we did was in November. So this is very exciting to return. A lot's happened in the game since we last did a news roundup. And, you know, starting with our news roundup, we always cover the affiliation list update. You know, this is funny. By the time you're listening to this, this could change within a week. <laughs> yeah, man. The current information we have, and it's Rhino has been added to the affiliation list. Of course, he's been out for some couple weeks now but rhino has been added to the spider foes and the Krendel syndicate just rounding out that affiliation list and makes a sense beautiful way makes perfect sense um i think he is a absolute choice in your 10 models if you're playing these two teams every time right now rhino is uh <laughs> he's nice he's nice he served me very well at lvo uh, and i talk about Dude, that he a kicked lot. my butt yeah you and i played with him recently that's that don't, is don't say too much don't say too much yeah, yeah, we'll talk about it more later. But yeah, Rhino's been out of this. Of course, within a week or less, we will get the addition of Agent Venom and Spider Woman and Bill and Ulick all to the appropriate places. Oh, man. There's some places that seem pretty obvious where they would go. Time will tell. We will see. But I really genuinely think, Chris, Spider Woman in particular, and even even Agent Venom a little bit, this is a really cool release for affiliations because I think they're going to be in multiple affiliations. And that's just always brings a new life to the game in a different way, because even if their affiliations were blank, let's just say all these four of these characters coming out very soon were all blank on affiliations, they would still change the game in, in a dynamic way. Yeah. Right. Such powerful cards or some <laughs> yeah. kind of ability that is 
a little bit lacking on other models in the game currently yeah. that might not be that way forever, but uh, they're all very, very usable straight out the gate. It's really awesome. And we always talk about the joy of our game is that you can build anything you want to build and put any character in any team. And so you can do that with these characters. But what's so appealing to me about these characters we're going to talk about today is, you know, they could be multiple places and they're already, we're going to open the game up if they were blank, like I said. And so the fact that they're going to be on certain teams could really make these teams sing in different ways and just help you stay affiliated, which is really what you always want. But Chris, we've got to move on from affiliations. We got to start with our first model today. It's Rhino. We haven't done him yet, which is wild. Um, I've been yeah, holding my weird. tongue because I think he's one of the better characters in the game. We did talk about him in the Patreon Discord because we always talk about characters right when they release. But we haven't done an official episode yet because his card hadn't come out. And then it was also like, you and I just didn't want to do one episode on Rhino. Like, we wanted to wait till we had more yeah, information. Yeah, that, that episode will come, you know, <laughs> yeah. where he gets his own episode. So we're going to read Rhino's card right now, and we'll go into his text cards after this. His name is Rhino. His alter ego is Alexei Sitsevich. Right out the gate, he's a four-threat model that has some pretty hefty stamina on him. On his healthy side, he has a stamina of seven. On his injured side, his stamina goes down to six because you're kind of you're, you're chinking through that armor. But Chris, that puts him at you know a whopping thirteen, which is yeah. pretty awesome. And there's more parts of his kit we'll get to later. But his defenses are as follows: three physical, three energy, two mystic. He's a four threat character, which I already said, and he's a size four character that moves short. Moving short's not great, but guess what? He's on a large base. He is. So he's like Hulk. Yeah, he's good. I do like the three three two defense line, given Gotta the fact that out. he has such a massive health pool. I think that's a, a, a you know, it's different flavors of defensive with different weaknesses. So it's kind of, right. you know. Uh, there's 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 high defense dice there's high threat or there's high health pools and then there's defensive tech and you kind of get a mix of all three and and it's each one's a little different and has different strengths and weaknesses right he has features that help him a lot and his defenses are his worst feature really so it's like which is good it is a cool exploration of just what chris talked about that sort of compare and contrast i mean we also have ursa major who's a four threat with a stamina of seven on the front and seven on the back putting him at 14 which is higher stamina but ursa major's defenses are three three four but he does not have the reduction which rhino has which the reduction is just a flat better thing because i've always said you don't ever want to trust your dice in this game you don't ever want to roll dice right and if rhino rolls dice they all blank out he always has the rhino hide which we'll get to later but chris let's start off by reading his card because a short mover is not very fast right so we'll we'll see how this changes the first attack for alexi is going to be a physical attack it is gore range of three strength of five power cost of zero after the attack is resolved Rhino will gain power equal to the damage dealt. Before damage is dealt, place Rhino within one of the target character. 2023, year of the place on attack. (laughs) It's everywhere. It really makes pushing characters away hard. Because keeping something, um, you know, pushing someone away from range two, there's a lot, you know, They've all got this range three place, range three, strength five. That's nice. And you're placing within one of the target character. That is a lot of movement considering you you can hop to the opponent's side of the board by going to the other side of the character. 
just a lot of lot of movement baked in, especially given his large base. So that is yeah. one answer to your question. But Jesse, I think there might be more answers <laughs> to that question because his first superpower is an active superpower. It is Stampede has a power cost of three. Rhino is pushed, medium, not thrown, pushed. This does not stop Rhino's movement if it contacts a size two or smaller interactive terrain feature. Instead, the contacted terrain feature is destroyed. Then Rhino continues to be pushed. The next time Rhino makes a gore attack this turn, add two dice to the attack roll. This superpower can only be used once per turn. This movement is insane. You're going to pay yeah. three, get a medium move on it's this large movement. base. This is this is Malekith movement. Then range three attack with a range one place. That is a lot. Yeah. So a couple things here. Gore by design. It's just not a very great threat cost for character strike, and I love that. And I say it's not very great. Five dice is fine. It's fine. But no effects is is bad. But the place is amazing. So it's like this this combination of, well, it doesn't have pierce, it doesn't have bleed, blah, blah, blah. I'm glad it doesn't, because that would just make it very, very strong. Really, the gore attack, it's not about dealing damage, it's about placing. And if you get damage, you're happy, but it's unlikely, unless you just spike. Stampede helps you that, because it takes you up to seven. But keep in mind, Chris, this is just seven dice on a strike that does nothing. I mean, a lot of other strikes in the game, like Iron Man's, right? It's like Iron Man's at four, and then he has Friday Eye taking him up to six, but you've just increased your chances to get Iron Man's push. That's the number one reason you're doing it, right? Out of the Stampede followed by Gore, he's basically just giving himself a little bit more chance to build power, and I like that. It's not, it's nothing crazy. Like, Seven Dice is nice, but it's like, there's no triggers, right? So, it's a cool balancing act. It just shows that AMG just really knows what they're doing these days, because it's like, as Chris said, stampede, it's just amazing for the movement. Like, forget the gore. I mean, there's times I've stampeded. There's times I've played Rhino recently. I've I've treated this last couple sentences as blank, really. I've just treated it as, how can I gore to someone place, gore to someone else further up place, and then stampede further, right? <laughs> it's just like, I'm not counting on Rhino's dice hitting. I'm counting on his guaranteed movement, right? And that's what this character excels at. We're going to talk more about that here in a minute, but it's Stampede is just awesome for the movement. Now, keep in mind this whole if it contacts size two and stuff, that's just awesome thematically. But that does mean if you contact a size three or four or something, yep. you will stop. So there are limitations to the Stampede. Keep that in mind. And, you know, it's a, it's a longer nothing stops the juggernaut that's that's more hindered by terrain, you know? So it's, it's interesting how you've got to pilot this right. And I really do like that. But continuing Rhino's kit, he has one more active superpower called Nobody Ever Accused the Rhino of Good Manners. It costs three power. So we're seeing a, th a theme here. His superpowers are very expensive. Stampede is three, and this superpower is three. Choose an interactive train feature of size four or less within two of Rhino and throw it medium. The superpower can only be used once per turn. This is great, Chris. It's, it's not a character throw. I think if it was character throw, he'd be kind of out of control. He might just be the best four threat in the game. But yeah. A size four for the cost of three is always excellent. So this is actually how Rhino does his damage is throwing large things that have guaranteed dodge hit of five or four or even three. Sometimes you might pay three on this just to throw a size three, size two or size three, right? Absolutely. It's much more consistent than his gore for sure. Yeah. Throws uh, and collisions just 
they're going to get way more damage through than your five, six, seven dice attacks. Yes, your di- your attack dice can spike. Crits yes. can get out of control. But true. you know the number of but the throw. You know you just the guaranteed know it. number. It's going. They're going through. It's on the defending player to defend that. Yes. To defend against that damage, they have to roll the blocks. You don't yep. have to roll the hits. We've taken a whole step out of the equation. Makes it way easier. So yes, hundred percent. It fully puts the onus on them. Yeah, which oh, is yeah, what man. you want as a competitive player, really. So yeah, it's very cool, and it's a really good way for Rana to spend excess power. Because keep in mind, dear listener, you can always just throw terrain into other terrain to remove terrain for your opponent. You don't have targets. You Bingo. Know? That's something we forget about in this game. And a throw of size medium can certainly do that. Keep in mind, he's a sixty-five millimeter base, so he's a large base with a medium throw. He's gonna throw stuff probably where he wants to throw it. Absolutely. Yeah, but closing out his card, Chris, he has a couple innates. The first one is just an innate that we love in the game. It's on character that you and I both love so much, She-Hulk. It's aggressive. After attack targeting, Rhino is resolved. If Rhino suffered damage, Rhino may advance short towards the attacking character. This is better than She-Hulk's because Rhino is a large base, not a medium. So every time you have aggressive, the larger your base size is, it's just way better. Absolutely. It's pretty simple, but this is something I haven't seen happen as much with Rhino because you're typically where you want to be, but what's cool is this can help you reposition, right? If your opponents wants to attack Rhino with a gun line from the left side of the map, well, maybe they just gave him a couple short movements, you know? I mean, it's also a fun little way to maybe goad or bait your opponent into getting off that extract and heading towards your gun line and and then you magically reposition using a card or something as well. Jesse, we gotta we gotta fly through the rest of these, man. We got a lot to get sure. to. We have two more innates on this character. We have ornery, one of my favorite words ever. When this character is damaged by an enemy or allied effect, that is awesome. That taking being able to use this against or whenever you're damaged from an, an allied beam or something like that. After the effect is resolved, if Rhino is not dazed. It gains one power. That's good. That helps with the power generation. That is more, no more throws, more stampedes. No, it's nuts. It's just, he generates power so much. It's fantastic. And closing it out, Jesse, we have Rhino Hide. This is just his damage reduction tech. When Rhino would suffer damage from an enemy effect, reduce the amount suffered by one to a minimum of one. Now, I would love to say we're done talking about Rhino here, Jesse. (laughs) But we're not. We have got some tactics cards for this character we need to take a look at. And the first one, we don't really need to go over too much. It is just a new copy of Brace for Impact, the beloved restricted card. That means it's in the modern rotation now. Yeah. This has got the new symbol at the bottom. Exactly. So So, uh, really great for new players to be able to get this card without maybe buying a core set, what have you. Uh, yeah. Also, alternate art and keeping it in uh, the next, you know, competitive rotation is pretty cool. So let's talk about the next card. The not the best card, but it's a fun card. Rhino in a China shop. It is unaffiliated. It is active. Rhino may play this card at the beginning of his activation. The next attack Rhino makes this activation as dice equal to the combined size of all the terrain features destroyed this activation. At the end of the activation, Rhino suffers two damage. 
so given the rules on Stampede, and given that Rhino has a size four throw. Oh yeah, minimum. This that's like this car. I mean, you could be throwing a lot of dice, my friends. Yeah, Heavo, Smash. There's a lot of other tax cards that, you know, Smash is actually I think a Spider Foe staple, and like blowing up a size two or size three or something like that on a Spider Foe's team. You know, you've already played this card. Blah blah blah. The dice just start adding up a lot. And yeah, some smart people online, Chris, have done some math. And like, there are universes where you can take four or five tax cards that help this out. Oh no. And you can get up to like 30 plus dice easily on Rhino. So, well, good thing that that only cool. happens once. Um, uh, Dormammu, is, he's gone. Gone. This is very fun. This is very cool. Something you could play around with. I don't know how competitive it is in this meta, especially given that Rhino's attack gore attack is well honestly just not really great and he doesn't have a spender attack so you know it's fun it's nice couple little stampede and the throw but at the end of the day it is just fun and nice now let's talk about the juice this is a robbery it is an unaffiliated active card if it is rhino's activation he may spend two to play this card Choose an enemy character within range one. I love that caveat that is holding an objective token. The chosen character drops any objective token it is holding. Rhino then throws the chosen character medium. So he slaps the ball out of the hand and then choke slams them away. It's good. If you're playing Rhino, this is probably in your 10. It better be. A couple cool things about this card, Chris, is you've you've already mentioned them, but I love that AMG is future-proofing the game. This is not the broken levels of Juggernaut and Mystique's card because it has to be, number one, Rhino's activation. Number two, you have to spend two power to even play this card. Number three, you have to be range one of the enemy. You have to mm-hmm. be very close to them. Uh, keep in mind, though, this is very doable with Rhino's... Yeah, it's pretty easy with him. <laughs> ...gore, right? Because... You have to place range one of them. You have no choice with gore. So you will go gore before you do this almost every time. But then they drop the token and then you throw them. And then you have to have a power left to pick up said token that was dropped. So there's so many hoops you have to jump through to get the best out of this effect. And I love it because it's a powerful effect. It's a powerful card. It's very thematic. I mean, it is that old school 1920s like gangster thing. Mm-hmm. Like this is a robber. He's it's Rhino walking in and telling everybody that. <laughs> And he's got the bags of money in his hand and the card, which is great. But AMG has learned, you know, and I love it so much. Um, this can't be played like, say, on someone else's turn. You know, it has to be Rhino's activation, which is a big deal. And range one is is a big deal. So I think it's a powerful card that is appropriately reined in. So, yeah, closing out Rhino, Chris, I cannot understate how good Honorary is. Red Guardian and Sin have this on their card. They build so much power. And just think about if Red Guardian or Sin had more health and they had damage reduction. <laughs> Okay. So like think about how much power Sin and Red Guardian build, really. Just put yourself in that mindset and then think a character that had damage reduction on top of that. I mean, Rhino is like the ultimate character of not wanting to attack him because when you attack yep. him, you deal one, two, or three damage to him max, really. You just gave him power to stampede. That's all you did. And then he builds a lot more power on top of that with with his ornery. So it's like it's the worst possible situation. He is unbelievably mobile. Um he is a He's kind of like a new Black Panther in a different way, you know? Yeah. Black Panther's got more damage. Black Panther's got some more flex with his play patterns. But Rhino has the mobility that Black Panther had, if not more, when he has power. And it's like 
that's a cool comparison now. And you're thinking, okay, what do I want in my list? Do I want this character? I don't want this character. I want this character. And I love that we're at that point in the game. Also, this combo of aggressive, ornery, and rhino hide, it's nuts because it's like you you're in the driver's seat as the rhino player of making the decisions where it's like, do I do I want aggressive? You know what I mean? Do I want to get like I I have option. I've been playing Rhino and Storm, right, Chris? And it's like cover is optional. Cover is always optional. Do I not want to use cover so Rhino takes one damage? So I get the ornery online, he gets two power, right? Like the engine gets going. So it's like there's a lot of cool agency for the player with rhino and i mean the card sounds fun when you read it cannot describe how fun he is until you actually play him he's one of the characters you just have to play and and he's also not necessarily a plug and play either i mean he's powerful but like he is not easy to play and there's a lot of decisions for you to make as a player so just try him and uh if you're playing spider foes and criminal syndicate i mean you're just already playing him, and that's just how it is which is great so but we could talk Rhino all day and we can't, Chris, like you said, because we got to move on to some pretty complex characters coming up. But before that, AMG did a cool little reveal. They have a new OP kit coming out very soon that they're going to be playing at Adepticon and it's going to be going to stores around that time as well. It's called Just the Parker Luck and it's a cosmic threat level encounter. That means it's one player playing the cosmic threat versus one to multiple players playing the crisis teams and the cosmic threat is peter parker which is awesome against the sinister six spider foes and it's just a souped up spider-man trying to make his money for his rent and the spider foes are trying to stop him and also hurt the people at this particular place which is a con which is great you know and you know i'm sure we'll cover this more in the future but i just i find it very cool that amg has done this we now have spider foes tokens because in this kit they have trap tokens for the mission which you could easily use as spider foes tokens right which is very cool they're like pumpkin bombs and yeah it's just a thematic thing where peter parker's setting up cameras everywhere he's trying to capture pictures of himself fighting the spider foes you know to make his daily bugle money but also he's trying to save people at the same time as the spider foes are trying to hurt civilians and there's a lot going on but it's very cool but we'll cover that more uh, hopefully when we get to play it right but chris we got to move on to two characters which are just now coming out into the world very soon and we get to talk about them and Man, I have been this excited about a release in a while, Chris. Uh, me either. We both have plans for using both of these characters. Yeah, uh, it's it's going to be very exciting. But Jesse, we've we've got a we got a burning daylight. The first we're going to talk about, of course, is Agent Venom Flash Thompson. So, I mean, the sculpt is out of control. <laughs> it's so out of control. It's so cool that they brought him to the game. I I'm on record. Not a huge Flash Thompson guy. I think you're on record, yeah, on this podcast. Really, yeah. really enjoyed the Agent Venom comics, though. Yes. That was more so based on writing and where the character and what the character was doing, more so than the character himself. But Well, and just the fact that they did something with Flash. Yeah, I like, mean, that's yeah. such a basic character in Spider-Man lore up until that point. So that, to me, is like, it kind of swayed He'd me. He'd been around long enough. It was time for him to have his day. 100%. So anyway, let's talk about this kit, Jesse. The defense line is going to read four physical, two energy, keeping in theme with the symbiote, and three mystic. He is going to have six health on his healthy side, six health on his injured side for a total of 12. Pretty average uh, health pool there. He is a size two, a medium movement on a small base, and he is a threat 
level of midnight. No, I mean four. Mm-hmm. Jesse, what do you think? You know, just pretty average. If his energy was three and his physical was three, he'd just be like an average four threat, kind of like a three threat with more health, right? Which is good. So there's so much more to him. Well, that's where the <laughs> average stops, my friend. I know. So let's get into these attacks, yeah. Chris, because yeah. he has so many. And wow, this is a character that can put out the damage from range. So his first attack is a physical attack called Clintire Firepower. It's a range four, strength of five, zero power cost attack. This is his strike. After the attack is resolved, Flash gains power equal to the damage dealt, and they're on Wild you'll trigger a bleed. After the attack nice. is resolved, the target character gains the bleed special condition. Very cool to compare this with Venom Strike. Venom Strike is range three, five dice that gives auto bleed. Flashes is range four with a bleed trigger on wild. I would rather take flashes. It's better yeah. than Venom's. Uh, range four is just arguably better in every way, but you have to trigger the bleed. But man, a range four builder, this is one of the reasons why, like, you know, Cyclops yeah. has this, you know? So it's like, it's a thing. But I'll cover his next two attacks really quickly, Chris, and then we can talk before we talk superpowers. His next attack is a energy attack called the Incinerary Grenade. It's range three, strength of five, power cost of one. This looks very familiar. Yeah. After this attack is resolved, the target character gains the Incinerate special condition. Love it. Keeping in theme with our grenades that give auto Incinerate, this is the same wording, everything as the Howling Commandos. And then Dominoes, which came first, is all the same wording, but with more lucky traits. Like hers, you know, ignores line of sight. It bounces right to them exactly where it needs to go. But I love that, like, at its core, these ins- these grenade attacks are pay one power to guaranteed incinerate your opponent, and then you might get some damage through. But if you don't get damage through, you're just happy with the fact you get auto incinerate, and you're just happy to do it every time. And very good. Also, energy is giving him a little bit of um, damage ability to change his damage types. Sure. Sometimes you might just be fighting opponents that are really weak against energy. You might just using be using the grenades more often, right? I mean, that, that goes right into what you were saying at the beginning of this news roundup of where the game's at. Yeah, yeah. Look, there are... We've got a ton of models in this game now. There, It is no longer... I mean, you know you're going to see Avengers. You know you're going to see a couple of things, but you do not know what people like me, the weirdos out there, are going That's to right. bring to a tournament. You just don't. So you have to be prepared. Yeah, and but- this this attack it really, really helps him with that. Being able to change your damage type is important going into 2023 and beyond. It was important before, but I think it's only going Oh, absolutely. And just like being a shield player, like I love these grenades. So having access to another grenade is helpful because my attacks are so bad. And it's like having the Holland Commandos and having Venom who can, Agent Venom who can put out incinerates consistently helps your bad attack dice really get through because the ultimate thing is your opponent rolling less defense dice is the best thing you can guarantee. But moving on and finalizing his final attack, Chris, he has a physical attack called Symbiote Special Forces. It's a beam three. So that puts his attacks at four, three, three. It's a strength of seven, a power cost of four. Very pricey, but seven is really good. And on a wild and a hit, so it's a little bit hard to get, he will trigger lashing tendrils on this beam. After each attack is resolved, yes, that's after each beam is done, like as in the first target is done before you move to the next target. If you got these two triggers, you will deal one damage to each other enemy character within two of the character you are targeting 
first with the beam. So similar to Carnage, this is very cool. You're really doing this beam for the secondary effect more than the first effect. I mean, seven dice is just awesome, but auto ping, man, auto damage on the enemy. Yeah. It's so huge, man. It's so huge. So yeah, this is a big deal. This is a good way for him to finish enemies. And I love it. I mean, uh, the theme is there too, Chris, right? Like his tendrils, like stuff is really working here. And it's like, it's making your opponent want to be split, right? Which they already want to be split because it's a, it's a beam. But even if they're not split and you only beam one or two targets, you can still tendril out from the middle targets, right? So you Pretty can still cool. tendril on the people that kind of dodge the beam. So I find that very cool. But Chris, we got to talk about his superpowers and you get us started here because he has several yeah. <laughs> superpowers. Um, they're all good too. Uh, the first yeah. is the symbiote web swing for two power. It is an active superpower for two power. You will place agent venom within three of its current position only once per turn, of course. So this is classic spider people web swing. Gosh, absolutely so good. love it. Two power for that placement that that completely shores up his mobility issues, right? He, he yeah. is now a mobile character. He's not it is, he's not Rhino mobile, but he's now in the echelon of yes. very mobile characters. And that's a very yeah. good place to be with everything else he's bringing to the table, including this next active <laughs> superpower, Project Rebirth 2.0. For one power, you will remove one special condition from this character, which is huge against once again weirdos like me who are planning on having these weird a force teams that are just going to dish conditions constantly this guy just says no thank you chris i do not want to play your game have a good day yeah it's also perfect about this is he can never be staggered i know dude so it's like because you can play this before your first action of your turn like you there's a window here you can play this and he cannot be sorry which i absolutely love yeah so both these are really good the web swing is kind of nuts because we've seen it on other spider people but i have to preface because i feel like we know we just know the game better now chris than when we did the initial web warriors and it's like i know for a fact that two power to place is better than like a two power charge right because it is and charge is incredible right because you're placing and you still have taken no actions. Exactly. So it's just arguably a better charge because you could place double tap. You could place move, move, right? The options are limitless. You could place attack move. So like the variations are much more open than even something as powerful as charge. So also keep in mind, Chris, that the web swing, you could just finally spike on your strike and then have enough power to web swing at the end of your turn out of, harm's way right so there's a lot of cool stuff you can do but closing out his last active superpower chris said they're all good he's absolutely right it's called all-star quarterback it's an active superpower cost three it's pretty simple choose an interactive train feature or an enemy character gross size three or less within two of agent venom i like the restriction of range two and throw them short the super can only use once per turn throws are amazing in this game as we yes. know chris and a size three throw is you know you're already in the minority of throws throwing a size three character and terrain feature i'm so happy this cost three because <laughs> it's so good obvious that i love how they always amg kind of like leans on pricing on if it's both it's it's higher price. If it's one or the other, it might be a lower price. Um, we just looked at Rhino's card, you know, three for four of a terrain is nice, but Rhino cannot throw people. So 
you love it. You love to see it. Honestly, I'm shocked to see it on his card because everything to him is like, and when I read his card is like, he is a mobile gunline character that is yeah. you know, just super consistent with what he does. The fact that he just has a throw on top of all this other cool gunline mobility stuff just makes that late game. He's such a late game threat to start to, to swing in rounds yeah, three, yeah. four, five, six, if it gets there. Uh, to swing in, throw someone off a point, deny that point for the opponent, gain yeah. that point for yourself. Huge net swing. We talk about those kind of plays all the time on this show. Um, Jesse, we got to close this card out. His final innate superpowers, symbiotic instincts. When this character is attacking, the defending character cannot modify its defense dice I love that into web, like well. I love that into a lot of things, but that's great. Defense dice not as big of a deal to to negate as maybe attack dice are. Just given the nature of how attack dice are always better than defense dice in this game. Sure, but, but this it makes his attacks nice. more consistent. Right, this is nice, uh, and he is a wall crawler, of course. If you have any doubts, there it is. His mobility is there. Yeah, his backside, nothing changes. He just you know still six health he's good man i'm looking forward to playing him in uh x-force for real absolutely uh i'm right there with you he's gonna fit everywhere honestly he absolutely could fit everywhere but i also don't think that he's the obvious choice he's just a can fit everywhere he might be better than a lot of choices but there are a lot of four threats that are objectively not as good or maybe not as useful as him that are going to be much better in a variety of spots, just given team team construction and crisis selection. Well, I like that he's fragile, right? So like yes. he has weaknesses, right? So no defensive tech at all. Yeah. So you can obviously help that with the teams you put him in, right? And maybe put him in web warriors, stuff like that. But it's like he's mobile. He does a lot of good damage. He has a lot of good ways to spend his superpower power but he's pretty fragile and i find that very cool balance but chris we got to move on yes we do someone i'm very very excited about someone i'm excited about coming to the game and she's here i'm excited that you uh that you took that segue and and are taking this read now (laughs) there's a lot to read i'm just upset that you're 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 taking it for yourself well her name is spider woman and her alter ego is jessica drew as we know her and she's a four threat character as well chris and she's also on a small base her defenses are four physical, three energy, three mystic. So she's got a solid, just four threat character defense line. Her stamina is six. She's a size two and she's a long mover. What do you know? Her health is actually lower than Agent Venom's. She's six and five, respectively. So yeah. that's kind of another balancing trait of her as well. Once again, I love what they're doing with these web warriors. They never give them a lot of health, right? All it's the web warriors. Good. In the game. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a cool really balancing. Good because they're all such powerful characters. With right. so with many powerful abilities. Yeah. Yeah. It, with power. Great point. Yeah. And it's like, we've talked about in this game that like health is so powerful because health means you get more power. It just does. So that's kind of an, an innate way that AMG balances the web warriors. And it makes sense because like they're not hardy people. Like they're, they're agile people, you know, with lower health pools. So it makes a lot of sense. But let's start with Jessica's attack. She has two. They're both energy, which I love so much. It's something we were hoping would come to the game and it definitely happened to her. But her first attack is bioelectric strike. It's an energy attack at range three. It's a strength of five, keeping with that web warrior theme and power cost of zero. 
It's her strike. She gains power equal to damage dealt. And on a wild, Chris, she gets Neuro Disruption, which I love so much Same. as a player I am. Before damage is dealt for each wild of the attack roll. That just means stun goes on first, right? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> the defending character gains one of the following. So for each wild, uh, it's very similar to someone. So only a couple characters in the game that actually give you this, but it's so cool. So you can give them for each wild, potentially poison shock or stun so as chris said since this is before damage is dealt just like mystique spender which is kind of nuts nasty is nuts you give them stun before you can do a bunch of damage to them they only get one power so you're controlling them in a in that way but also you can give them poison they'll get power to the power phase they get one less power in the power phase you can give them shock their attacks are lessened she is control Which control affects control. their power as well because they're not going to be able to build power on their builders as well she oh, is yeah. so control dude she's she was the inspiration for this this That's control right. a force list i want to run very excited so anyway and she like preys on small characters because of this mm-hmm. right like these like two and three threat characters if they got their like strength four strikes that are being taken down on three dice like they're just not doing anything they might as well yeah. be, they, they just need to shake they just need to shake they just Which have to is such a feel bad to, to <laughs> have to spend you know half an activation a whole activation shaking all of these just annoying yeah. conditions oh my gosh like sam wilson is a great character but sam wilson throwing three dice shield throws he's not hitting you with the shield it's not right. happening, and even if he gets you for one or two on accident who cares <laughs> Probably block it with her, but yep. closing out her attacks, she has a spender attack, which is super cool. It's an energy attack as well called the intoxicating blast. This one's range two, so you got to be in closer to do it. It's a strength of seven power cost of three. It also has a wild trigger of sensory overload. If the target character has the poison special condition already before damage is dealt, Jessica may advance the target character short. So she has a little bit of control, which is just awesome. I love it so much. And after the stack is resolved, target character drops all objective tokens it is holding. You know, Chris, the wow. theme is right because this is a a more experienced, advanced person's version of Miles Venom Blast. It's it's Miles Venom Blast with more potential upswing for you. And that makes sense. If you compare Jessica to Miles, I mean the level of experience and Miles Venom Blast is great. Like we all do it because it's a powerful effect, right? It's but Jessica good. also Jessica also has the ability to potentially move the enemy short on top of making them drop the token, which Captain Miles was already doing. I love it. It's great. It's the ultimate spender for me where it's like, oh, I'm getting two good effects and then getting damage through is like the third tier of what I want. And if the damage gets through mathematically, I'm just happy. But even if it doesn't, I just don't care because the two effects before the damage were great. But Chris, let's read some of her superpowers because she's got some cool ones. The first is an active superpower. She is a spider person. I don't fly. I glide is going to cost you two power. Place spider woman within range two of her current position. Of course, it can only be used once per turn. A little bit lower than the other spider people, but this makes sense. Lore wise, she does not use webs. She's not a web slinger, but she is a spider person. Right. And this is just a balancing act too from AMG because she is right. a long mover. So it's like, exactly. you know, Gwen's a long mover, but she has no web line. Like she has no web swing. Right. So like, I like that. It's like, Oh, 
Well, Spider Woman's a long mover like Gwen, but she has a small web swing in a way. She has a glide. So once again, we're seeing that interaction of the lower threat characters with the higher threat characters, kind of in affiliation, stuff like that. Closing out, Chris, her superpowers that are not innates. She has a reactive superpower called Interrogate. It's very exciting. You and, not, you and I have not read this superpower for a very long time since we did Widow Part 2 with Agent Widow. Costs three power. It's reactive. So it's got to happen during whatever it tells you. So this is during the cleanup phase. If Jessica is within two of one or more enemy days characters, she may use the superpower. The player that is playing Jessica increase the amount of VPs they score from crisis cards this cleanup phase by one. You love to see it. You love things like usurp the throne, right? Things that just like sneak points in against your opponent. Agent Widow has this. It's nuts. We just don't see a lot of Agent Widow because she has a two threat counterpart, which we see more. Watch out. Because Jessica has long move and place, Chris, like she can interrogate someone that's that's days. She just can't every turn if she wants to. Yeah, uh, this seems like it would be really massive for shield. I think so. They struggle for they struggle to spike on points until late game and and being able to build like, you know, scoring this twice a game could be absolutely massive for a, a, a an affiliation that, like I said, struggles yeah. to get off to a hot start like like an affiliation like shield and we've seen in competitive play x-men a team you're very well versed with uh Uh-oh. how important a hot start is that's what makes that's what yeah. makes x-men gold x-men gold right it's definitely one of the things that absolutely make them x-men gold and she could help them cook with some gas right because she could help them score some points yeah. early game if you, if you if you do it right um a lot of the steps do they've this got, they've got x23 they've got honey badger come on you're this fine. is not going to be easy chris it costs three power and you've got to be exactly where you got to be yeah but it's always a threat and honestly it's probably one of the biggest threats of her card is this spender make people drop stuff and then scoring for you right but closing out her card she has a couple of nates which are super cool and actually give her some defensive tech on top of the low health pool she has an eight martial artist when spider woman is defending against a physical or energy attack and is targeting from within range two. She adds blanks in her defense roll to her total successes. We know how powerful this is. This it's is huge. Better. This is better than cover. This is better than rerolls. This is yeah. just the best. Counting blanks is just the best mathematically. Sometimes your dice will just betray you and you'll skull out. It happens all the time in this game. But like mathematically, if she's fighting people at range two, she is very defensive. And she also has stealth. So very similar to either Widow. It's tough because you have to attack her at range three. Characters must be within range three of Spider-Woman to target her with attacks. So ultimately, Chris, this means the best place to attack her is range three or range two and a half. Yeah. You never want to attack her at range two. Between range three and range two. You can't attack her at range four or five. So you've got to attack her like at range three or range two and a half. And that's... What is it? It's like... um... It's like with the planets, it's the Goldilocks zone. 100%. No, absolutely. Um, that's exactly her. And closing on her card, keeping with that Hydra lore, she has an immunity to poison and she's a wall crawler. I'm really excited to see how all this comes into play with her affiliations in the game. And obviously when we do our primary episode, Chris, on her, because it's going to be uh, it's gonna be a big one. <laughs> it's, there's a lot. I'm excited for the tactics portion of that episode. Big time. But speaking of tactics, we have some tactics cards for both of these new spider people. And like uh, we started with Agent Venom, so I believe we should start with Agent Venom's card. We should. should. Uh, And I believe in getting the hard thing out of the way first. (laughs) 
So I will start with foreign assignment. This is a Guardians of the Galaxy active card. Look, I don't know if this card is going to be competitive. I have a suspicion that it can be, but I love it. I love it. Whether it's competitive or not, I love it. During Agent Venom's activation, Agent Venom may spend any amount of power to play this card. Choose an option from the list below for each two power spent. Resolve each option completely before choosing the next. So you have to pay all that up front. I will will preface now. It could be up to 10 power because there are five clauses here. There are five options. So theoretically, you could do each of them. Got to make up your mind, though, Chris, when you play this card. There's no like, oh, I'm on clause number three and I, I can actually do the final two. Let me add more power. No, it doesn't work like that. It's too good. If, it would have been way too yeah. good for that. So you've got to decide up front, am I spending four power? Am I spending six? Am I spending eight? Am I spending 10? So keep that in mind. All right. You guys ready? Well, ready or not. Clause one. If Agent Venom is within two of an allied Gamora, Agent Venom is thrown medium. Awesome. Mobility, damage. Of course, if he collides with someone, he'll take a damage. Keep that so in mind. But what? Yeah, I know. It's it's solid. Clause number two. If Agent Venom is within range two of an allied Groot, Agent Venom may remove up to three damage. So just have Gamora throw to Groot. Easy peasy. Yeah, this is awesome. Like just a, a nice med pack for Agent Venom. We've talked about him being fragile. This is a potential second tactical co- tactics card heal for him if he is the you know kind of cornerstone to your team or maybe the focus of the opponent's ire. So this is cool. Clause number three: If Agent Venom is it within range two of an allied Star Lord, Agent Venom may immediately make a full auto attack listed on star lord's stat card without paying the power cost after the attack is resolved as if being able to do the attack wasn't enough agent venom may advance short this is another out of activation movement i'm just just out of activation attack too yeah it, it just the dominoes in your head of being able to try to get all of these off in one turn. Just, it's impossible not to think about, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. So, Jesse, hit me with Star-Lord's full auto attack, if you don't mind. Of course. So, full auto costs three power normally, so you paid for this for the discount. It's a range four attack, strength of seven. It's an excellent spender because it has the wild trigger of elemental blast. After the attack is resolved for each wild in your attack roll, the defending character gains one of the following conditions, bleed, shock, slow, or stun. Gross. So once again, this is one of those ones. It's, it's, there's no reason not to try and just condition them out on top of having a seven dice spender. Nuts that he gets to do this. It's probably one of the best effects on this card, Chris, is that he gets to do Star-Lord spender. Yeah. For a discount. And I love the theme here. I've just got to mention the theme over here because we are a theme podcast. I mean, this is one of the tendrils grabbing one of Star Wars element guns, right? And just shooting, just unleashing the full clip, really, uh, which is the theme. Very cool. Speaking of emptying the clip, Mm -hmm. if Agent Venom is within range two of an allied rocket raccoon and has already made an attack this activation, Agent Venom may immediately make an attack action agent venom then advances short 
dude, if you can domino this, even just yeah. Star Lord advance short. Yeah, the Star Lord triggers the the rocket. Bingo, bingo, bingo. Ugh, just wild. Last clause, everybody. If Agent Venom is within two of an allied Drax the Destroyer, Agent Venom is thrown short and counts as a size three during this collision. Love the theme there. He's thrown not as far as Gamora threw him, but he's hitting harder because Drax throwing him so hard. Pretty great. You also keep in mind, Chris, you could like end a turn with this card. So you could like double tap with Age of Venom and then try to do all this stuff. And then even if Drax throws you at the end of your turn and you daze from the collision, who cares? You're fine with it. You just did so much damage. But I think now that we've read all five of those clauses, I think it really puts into perspective what you were saying before we started that card. You better know how you're going to do this. You better know how many of these you can do and how you're going to get there before you pay for this card. I think your goal with this card every time is to get two or three of these minimum. Mm -hmm. And that's tough to say, but it's like, you know, if I read this card, I'm like, at worst, if I'm by Rocket Groot and Star-Lord, at worst, my goal is to get the heal off Groot, full auto off Star-Lord because it's insane, and a free attack off of being by Rocket which is also insane. And then I get to take my normal actions. Like that's a good turn, Chris. Now, if you can sneak in this Gamora and Drax throw, if you're fully affiliated with your team, even better. But dude, Guardians were already one of the scariest teams, I think, in the game right now. And this just makes them so much scarier because they've already got Deadly Duo. They've already got Follow Me. Like they could do five attacks in a turn with Rocket and Groot, like on Rocket's activation, right? And then with Deadly Duo, and then they could immediately follow me into Age of Venom. And then he could do this stuff. And like you're just like, you've just sat back and they've done something like, you know, who knows, but they could do an excess of like 10 attacks into you before you've gone with some throws. Scary. It's very scary. And it's very cool and it's very thematic with their playstyle where it's like they're just awesome running and gunning. And I find it very cool. But Chris, we got to close out Age of Venom's last tactics card. This is more web warrior centric. It's called Cleanup Unaffiliated. It's reactive. Agent Venom and, the, and an allied Peter Parker may spend one power to play this card during the power phase. So they're about to, about to pay a power, but they're going to get that power during the power phase to play it. Agent Venom gains the spider sense superpower during till the end of this round. Peter Parker gains the symbiotic instinct superpower until the end of this round. And of course, spider sense is printed on the card. This is the basic spider sense that Miles and Corset Peter have. When this character is defending against a physical or energy attack or making a dodge roll, it may reroll up to two of his defense or dodge dice. Very cool. This is actually giving Agent Venom a lot of more consistent defense, which is we talked about his weakness. I don't know how much it's giving Peter Parker with the symbiotic instincts, like enemies not being able to modify dice when Peter's attacking them. Peter's already kind of more of a control character, but well, very cool. It's like a nice little flavor thing. What about what about Amazing Spider-Man though? He can dish. He can. And into like we were saying during during Agent Venom's little segment. There are some affiliations that that really does mess up. Uh, I, I I don't know. I think I think there's a little validity to Peter Parker getting symbiotic instincts. It's just I don't think it's gonna. The, it doesn't present itself very often. I don't think it's the icing uh, when the cake really is. Age of Venom getting Spidey sense right is really what it is. So we're not gonna turn it away. You know, we're not gonna turn it turn it away from the door. But Chris, we gotta <laughs> close out with these are nuts. Just two amazing, amazing tactics cards for Jessica here. 
That's Spider-Woman, the first of which is Double Agent, which is just a mind-blowing card that we might have to devote a whole section of her strategy to in the future on our episode. It's unaffiliated and reactive. At the start of the activation phase, an allied Spider-Woman may spend two power to play this card. Choose an enemy character. The next time this chosen character gains an activated token, remove an activated token from Spider-Woman. This is nuts because it puts a lot of pressure on both players to do the right thing, right? Where it's like, okay, very simply, I have priority, Chris, this round. I'm going with Spider-Woman first. I'm just going right. to do stuff and then just point at one of your models. It's whatever, you know? You're going to go with that model eventually, and then she's going to go last after everyone's gone. So she's going to double activate that round. That's the most basic iteration of this. There's other iterations which are crazy, where it's like, am I just going to choose a character of no consequence? You know, like your bullseye sitting in your back point scoring for you, and then force you to go with bullseye earlier so I don't get this off, right? And, and inadvertently, I'm controlling you. You're not giving Jessica double activation, but you're using your first activation to maybe go with bullseye and say, I pass. Yep. Right? Instead, now I can get away from your high threat model, maybe your, you know, Malekith or whatever it is on the table, something massive, because you had to deal with that, that mental tax of that. It's just very cool. Someone's going to crack this. We're going to have to play this and learn it. I'm not sure there's a perfect answer. And I'm what's super cool about this is this is going to matter on a matchup. This is going to matter on what round of the game it is. This is going to matter on attrition threats on the table. Very cool. So I don't know, but I also view this card, Chris, as a cool way for Jessica to guarantee that that interrogate in a round two. That's what it screams to me is initially I would be playing it just I'm honestly to guarantee that interrogate and just win on action economy for that round. I, I know it will de- right. it's going to develop a life of its own over the course of of play just because this card is wild and the mental games that are going to be happening with it, like you said, are going to be nuts. But I'm the kind of player that I'm going to do what I'm going to do. And if they play the card, they play the card. If it works for them, it works for them. <laughs> the theme yeah. rules, by the way. I mean, the we're going to absolutely more, does rule. But it's like her working for Hydra. And it's like the list goes on and on of how you could take this take of the theme. I love it so much. But just, yeah. But Chris... It's time for us to read our second, her second card, which is also incredible. It's awesome. On patrol, unaffiliated, reactive, an allied Spider-Woman or allied Carol, Carol Danvers may spend two power to play this card during the power phase. This round, whenever an enemy character interacts with or picks up an objective token, both Carol Danvers and Spider-Woman may advance short. So gross, dude. I'm beta flips, baby. Oh, I know, man. You just that whole round is just going to be <laughs> these two nasty <laughs> four threats <laughs> inching closer to you, inching closer to you, saving their power, saving their yep. saving their actions. It's scary. And I love AMG so much, Chris, how they future proof. It's like this says Carol Dammers and Spider Woman. Yeah. So when we get our future Captain Marvel, which I'm sure we exactly. will one day, either Captain Marvel can use this card, right? So very powerful. I think obviously an auto include if you're playing a force just straight up. Um, it just is because you're going to be playing captain Marvel a lot in a force anyways, because she is such a threat in that team. And yeah, round two or three, mm-hmm. you're just getting wherever you want to. And this is great for Carol in particular, because she is a terrifying turret character that also throws massive stuff at people. And it's like, if she's always getting a double tap, she's always getting to throw what she wants to throw. 
and not taking move actions, she's exactly. winning wherever she's at, right? So uh, big deal with this card. Honestly, big deal and big injection in the arm for A-Force. Honestly, I love it so much. Yep. Uh, this, yeah. Just, <laughs> I'm going to be playing A-Force. I've, I've said it. So You've said it, yeah. But uh, Jessica's nuts. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited to play her. Agent Venom's nuts. And Chris, I, the last thought on these tax cards is they did it again. Like Rhino, if you're playing him, Robbery's in your 10. If you're playing Flash and Guardians, Foreign Assignment is in your 10. If you're playing Jessica in your list, Double Agent's probably in your 10. If you're playing Jessica in A-Force, you might be taking Double Agent and on Patrol, right? Or Jessica in Avengers, right? So it's like, I love the, this route they've been going. And I'm very happy they have kind of gone down the path that we've thought they would go down. Where it's like, yeah. they will make character cards more powerful than generic tax cards. And they will make you choose <laughs> which character cards you're going to bring. Because you can't bring them all. <laughs> and, and I love gonna, that so much. It's going to shape the the tactics cards you're bringing for these specific characters. They're going to start shaping your entire strategy for your team. It, I mean, I, I'm, we make this comparison a lot on the show, but it really reminds me of we're, we're coming to the age of, you know, MOBA ultis on tactics cards. You're going to get this ulti once a game. I mean, and, we're just and there, yeah. Yeah, and it's going to kind of be what you game plan around. Because it, it's your most powerful effect, so you're going to look to maximize it, and and that's that's kind of the meta I'm expecting to see shape up over the next, you know, few months. But I've been wrong before. It's it'll be what it is. No, I think it's the new. This is the new era we're in, where it's like everything's getting so balanced and so reined in, and every new release also has these powerful cards, and I love that. That's the way they're going. Like I'm sure Emma's going to have it powerful card right it, yeah. so we'll just see there's so many choices pre the game which i love so much like before you show up to game night the choices are there yeah but chris these characters are just so exciting like we've we've reined it in this episode we've really reined it in very, really proud of us um we've kind of zoomed through this but it's like rhino agent venom and spider woman and of course bill which we will be doing very soon pick your flavor of four just pick your yep. flavor you know and <laughs> Let's not also forget there's fours up to this point way before Rhino that are just awesome. I was, I was going to say there's still some pretty good fours out there. (laughs) I mean, Crimson Dynamo is still king in a lot of ways um, on certain maps. Right. And I just love that. Like AMG has made these four threats the way that they made them and they've made them just not, they're not overtuned at all. They're just do what they do. You know, and it's like, what do you want to play? How you want to play them? Do you want mobility and tankiness? Take Rhino. Do you want mobility? Do you want a mobile super Hawkeye? Take Agent Venom. You know what I mean? Do you want a mobile control piece? Take Spider Woman. And then like with Bill, which we're going to get to in the future, do you want a powerful all arounder, right? Who's, you know, only weakness is action economy, but everything else he can do. (laughs) It's like, I love that there's always a give and take. And that's a big deal. And I think AMG is just kind of knocked out of the park. And it's been fun to return to news and talk about this because you and I will be playing these three characters. I've been playing Rhino a lot lately. You're about to start playing Rhino a lot. And we're about to be playing a lot of Agent Venom and Spider-Woman. It's really exciting to talk about these characters. And hopefully, Chris, next news episode very soon, you and I will be talking about where they landed and what affiliations got them. I'm excited for that already. Fury's Finest is supported by our wonderful patrons. You can become a Fury's Finest patron by going to patreon.com slash Fury's Finest. Find us online, find us on Twitter at Fury's Finest Cast, and Instagram, Facebook, and Twitch at Fury's Finest. 
Email us at foodsfinance at gmail.com with any inquiries, ideas, collaborations, and leave us reviews on your podcast platform of choice. It really helps us out. Spotify people, we see you. We're catching up to the Apple people, which is awesome. And I know there's a couple of you out there that left us a review on Apple and Spotify both because maybe you use both. And that means a lot because I know some of you out there that maybe you use like Apple Podcasts, but then you listen to music on Spotify, but you actually took the time to still leave us a review on Spotify. Thank you. Like that's a big deal because absolutely, you know, there's only so many of you guys and there's only so many people who even leave reviews of our larger listener base. So it's like when I see the people that left reviews, you are the people that are going the extra mile. And then on top of that, some of you become patrons <laughs> and help us keep the show going. So we cannot thank you enough. And it means a lot to us. Thanks to approaching Nirvana for the show's music. And like Jesse said, Please help spread the word. Every little bit helps. Every review helps. Every five-star rating helps. Every every listen helps. So please. It's true. Help spread the word. You guys are awesome. We appreciate it very much. We absolutely do. Of course, you can find Chris and I online. You can find me, Jesse, online on a couple places, Twitter and Instagram at Jesse Aiken and Longshanks at Jesse Aiken with the Fury's Finest handle. Chris, where can everyone find you? You can find me on Twitter at Chris Bruffett, B-R-U-F-F-E-T-T. I mean, just basketball, man. Yep. Well, this has been a fun news segment, Chris. It's been fun to return to the news. It's been very exciting. Um, we will return to Inhumans very soon, listeners. I know we've gotten a lot of good feedback on our Inhuman series, which has been very exciting. Nice. Because it's why we're here, you know, <laughs> it's, it's to like prop up maybe the teams that are lesser shown in the game. and. Uh, characters people know less about and man i keep saying in those inhuman episodes chris and i really mean it i think inhumans are poised to take over this game at some point in the Uh future oh no they they get a couple more releases and they they had that leadership just kind of out of control right and these crisis changes just made them so much better i mean shoot man some of these characters we talked about today real good in inhumans oh i know i'm I'm scared of it but it's it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun to see them back around. Yeah. We all love Black Bolt. And look, Karnak's, Karnak's going to be in the game. There's a sure. ton of newer uh, Inhumans, too, that AMG can can pull from. They they like pulling some of these newer characters every once in a while. They like those curveballs. So uh, I'm looking forward to it very much. Well, we will return on our news segments very soon, but more importantly, Chris and I will be documenting on the show our reps with Spider-Woman, Agent Venom, and Rhino in particular. Stay tuned for some Bill and Ulick content, of course. Oh, yeah. We're just crossing our fingers until we get our Emma and Psylocke information, <laughs> and we can, t- we can dive heavily into that because those are characters that Chris and I really love, and we have a lot of connections to, so we're looking to- forward to talking to those in the near future. But until next time, thanks for listening, True Believers. Excelsior. world has gotten even stranger than you already know. At this point, I doubt anything would surprise me. Ten bucks says you're wrong. 